Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. It's now time for Cannabis Talk 101 with Blue, Joe Grande, and Mark and Craig Wasserman, the Pot Brothers at Law. We're the world's number one podcast for everything cannabis. Hello and welcome to Cannabis Talk 101, the world's number one source for everything cannabis. My name's Christopher Wright. Alongside me is the world-famous Pot Brothers at Law and Mr. Joe Grande. And you are now tuned in to the greatest cannabis show on the planet. In the universe, baby. I just think you sound fantastic right there. I don't know if this was an infomercial or are we going live. Is this working? <laughs> that was a good one. Check, yeah. check, check. <laughs> that, that was the best he's ever sounded at the beginning of the show. Was that live or memorized? That's what I'm saying. I don't even know. I don't even want to mess it up. And I just like, Thanks wow. for messing it up, Joe. Hold on. Craig, are you really there, too? Look at Craig's in the Bahamas, me? the Bahamas or something. He's got a lot. I mean, he's at the beach just hanging out, just he's at chilling. His beach house. Going back to Cabo. He's, Craig, on, he's on his patio. Did you not realize that was the best intro he's ever done yet to date? I was that's like, what that, That's because it was just done. Off the hip, no trip. <laughs> don't take a hit. I don't know what, Let but that go. was on fire. Thank you guys for listening, of course, to the podcast, Cannabis Talk 101, all around the world. Make sure you give us a call and say what's up, 800-420-1980. And just to let you guys know, I've already got a few messages for people who want to win that trip to Jamaica. Oh, yes. 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 We have a few voicemails, so if you don't know what I'm talking about, you better find the podcast to listen to where you can win a free trip, uh, stay in Jamaica at a beautiful resort. So, Not including you. airfare. No, we actually airfare. are going to throw in the airfare. Oh, you are? Oh. We are. We're going to throw in the airfare as well. Okay. Wow. Well, there you go. There man. are hoops they got to jump through. <laughs> but we'll throw it in, and, and you're on a paperback airplane. So <laughs> Check out our Instagram pages for daily news, learn the script, and so much more at Cannabis Talk 101 at pot underscore. Brothers underscore at underscore law. Mark's at Waslaw. Craig is at Waslaw Dog. Blue is at one Christopher Wrights. And I am at Joe Grande 52. Now, our guest today, I feel like this is a, considered a special um, episode, Mark. Would yeah, you say? I would say so. Because, Absolutely. Yeah, Mark said, Joe, you're not going to believe this story. We got this guy. He's a monster. He's as big as you, if not bigger. <laughs> so, our guest today, the big monster himself. Jared Ambo, a criminal defense attorney and DNA expert who had a crazy-ass case back in 2019 that's received a lot, a lot of media attention. Now, his client, Anthony Templet, pled no contest to negligent homicide 
for the death of his father, Bert Templet, yeah. in 2019. So welcome to the show, Garrett. Jared, Jared. Thank you, guys. Thank you. So, Jared, Jared w- walk you. us through, man. How, how did this case come to your to your office? So in the summer of 2019, um, 2.30 in the morning, in the middle of the week, um, young Anthony Templet is awoken by his father, ready to beat his ass. Not an irregular occurrence in the house. Um, and he, he wakes him up. He's accusing him of some communicating with his stepmom, who's got a protective order against the dad and has moved out of the house. And Anthony doesn't know what the shit's going on. You know, he wakes up and the guy's like three times the legal limit, 0.24 BAC uh, with his, when they take his blood. Hold on, back up a and, little bit, Jerry. Uh, he, he woke up at 2.30 in the morning and, hold on a second. What happened again? He woke up and what happened when the he- dad, The dad is coming after him. The dad's waking him up, drunk, hammered drunk, and accusing him of all kind of shit, uh, accusing him of talking to his uh, stepmom uh, when he's not supposed to be, I guess, you know? Uh, just accusing him of whatever, man. It's this crazy ass controlling abuse of nonsense relationship, you know, straight picking a fight with him. Uh, my clients, uh, six, 17, no, six, excuse me, 16 at the time. No, 17 at the time, excuse me, 17 at the time, you know, gets in this argument back and forth, back and forth, won't leave him alone, won't stop messing with him. And that's kind of the nature of this guy, you know, it's like give him all this shit possible. So he goes to swing at him, he goes to beat him up, man. He goes to hit him and that's bedroom, locks the door. And he's behind the door. He's like, all right, I got away from the dude. I can go away. Dad starts coming through the door, beating the door down. Top of the door hinges are off the, you know, off the hinge on the top of the hole next to the, um, or, or the beginning of a hole next to the door handle. And young Anthony Tomplay arms himself with two guns. He tells the detective he got two guns because he was afraid one of them was going to malfunction. Because for, and from his point of view, it was time for this shit to end. Um, he hears his dad, what he thinks is that hurt himself, like he's injured himself, beaten on the door, makes a noise like he's hurt himself, opens the door, puts one round in his torso. Dad steps back two feet into a bathroom. Anthony comes out of the bedroom, turns the corner and puts one right in the side of his head right here. It's the back of the skull and stays in the brain. Kills him almost instantly. Um, Hits the ground, puts the guns down, walks over to the table and calls 911 and says, I just had to kill my father. It had to end. Wow. 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 Yeah. Wow. What a set of facts. What yeah. a set of facts. Unbelievable. Man. So there was only two shots, if I'm not mistaken. I thought I read three shots. The third one didn't, uh, third one missed him. Just went through the back wall of the bathroom. He took a third shot. We don't know if the second or the third one is the one that hit the dad, but one definitely missed. There was only two entry wounds. So how do you end up on your doorstep? So this happens, and then there's this uh, this this crazy outreach, Facebook, uh, unbelievable Facebook outreach. Then I get contacted by three different people. Uh, one's now a judge, an attorney, a uh, very well-established civil attorney, who calls me up and says, hey, can you look at this case, help this guy? I get contacted by two other people on Facebook, call my office, hey, can you help this guy? He's got no money. The only person that's ever taken care of him or tried to is his dad. He just killed him. He's got nothing else. He's got no other family. He's got nobody to help him. And uh, so I agreed to go meet with the kid uh, pro bono to figure out, you know, can, can I help him? Can I can I help him? I don't even know anything about the case. But there's rumors at that point that he might have been kidnapped at one point. There's rumors at that point that he might have uh, that it might have been an abusive home. I and mean, I just don't know. You know, I mean, you know, here anytime you get these crazy cases, these murder cases like this kind of shit, these 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 
facts, you, you're always suspect of the information you hear at first, right? Sure. I mean, is this shit true? Is this just an excuse? Is this some crazy kid just decided to kill his dad because he, you know, wouldn't let him have the car or some shit, you know, God knows that happens. So, so I went and met with him and, and lo and behold, man, it was, it was immediately apparent to this, that this kid was, um, he was just stunted, man. He couldn't, he didn't have the ability to communicate really. You could tell he was socially incredibly awkward. Um, in that first meeting, he actually shared uh, some sadness. He, he actually cried with me a little and, and said, you know, I'm, I, I mean, I, I'm already missed my dad. Like he's the only person I have. And, um, it was remarkable, man. I immediately knew. I knew in, in 30 seconds I had to help this kid. I had to represent him. So we took the case pro bono and um, and started the process of defending him in this case. You know, before we get to the actual case, let's give uh, the audience some background. You know, why are you qualified to help this kid? Let's let's tell the people what you're about, what you've done, your cases, a little background. So I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a felony criminal defense attorney. I have more than 50 felony jury trials to verdict, first chair. Um, I got into this business as an older man. Um, I, I spent a year in Iraq when I came. I'd been a, accepted to LSU Law School, went downrange to Iraq, came back and started LSU Law School in 2005, in the fall of 2005. So I'm, I'm an older man. I, I, I took a position as a contract public defender when, at the week after I graduated, a week after I passed the bar exam. I had a private practice on the side and I had a public defense contract where I, I represented, I kept about 100 people. And so I had an opportunity to try a lot of cases be very successful get very good at trying jury cases. And so I had, and I'd had some public, um, some very public successes, some very public um, murder acquittals, uh, some very public uh, sex crimes acquittals, um, and, and quite a few of them. In fact, I, I acquitted four of the last five trials uh, that I had before COVID shut down. Um, and so having that kind of success in a market this size, that's, that's a thing. That's a big thing. That's a very, you know, and so, so people reached out to me, people wanted me to get involved because they had seen me have that success and thought maybe I could help this kid um, where, you know, without money and, and with a, a sort of a line defender, he might've have not have had a, the opportunity to, to, to walk away. Well, he won the lottery of criminal defense attorneys. It seems that's a, a fantastic, fantastic that you jumped in there pro bono help this kid. I mean, it's, it's really important to point out that there's a lot of attorneys out there who, who don't do these things and don't put in that time to give back with what we can and help people in this situation. So I really, I got to just applaud that. Ed educate me and the audience that don't know this answer because you're doing it pro bono. That means no money up front, but he wins the case. Do you, is there anything to win besides of course the recognition or anything like that after you win a case like this? Not in a criminal case. It's just, you know, justice, you know, right? Just, so you got a pat on the like back and a good that a boy. That's it. And it's well worth it. I mean, look, it. I, look, look I, I don't want to, I don't want to pretend, I don't want to pretend like I didn't know that getting this kid a great outcome in the public spectrum was going to be beneficial for me. That's disingenuous. I can't pretend like I didn't know that, you know, if I got this kid a great outcome, that people would be like, wow, you got this kid a great outcome. There was a lot of attention in this sure. case, right? I mean, a lot. But and so it wasn't all altruistic. I'm not, you know. Well, but that's not the reason I mean, you did it, right? You didn't no, do not. it. No, you, no, right. That's the, point. The that's the point. That's, that's the benefit of it. That's the benefit. That's right. Byproduct. Absolutely. 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 Now, when you say you're a DNA expert, what is, what exactly does that mean for for the listeners out there? So uh, about seven years ago, I got involved in a cold case uh, with a bunch of DNA. 
and I decided I was had a co co is the only case I've ever had co-counsel actually. <laughs> and we decided that I was gonna, um, I was, well, co-counsel where I wasn't the first chair. Um, I decided that I was gonna take the DNA. So I went out and bought a DNA textbook and read it and decided I, I really just loved it. I just dug it. And, you know, fast forward to spring of 2020, I finished a master's degree in forensic DNA oh, and serology uh, from the University of Florida. And, uh, and, and right before I finished the master's degree, I was qualified in the district court in the state of Louisiana in forensic DNA interpretation. So interpreting the data produced by the labs in DNA analysis. Well, that's awesome. On the show right now, we're talking to our guest, Jared Ambo, who's a criminal defense attorney and DNA expert, a crazy case in 2019 where Anthony Templet pled no contest to negligence homicide for the death of his father, Bert Templets. When we come back, we're going to get into this trial right here on Cannabis Talk 101. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to fifteen hundred dollars again sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and game sense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park that's 1-800-GAMBLER AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Welcome back to Cannabis Talk 101. We're here with Jarrett Ambo. And let me tell you, he looks like Rambo. He does. <laughs> you know, he looks like a legit, real Rambo. Yeah, and thank you, you for that. your service, sir. Yeah, thank you for everything you do and no. helping out the community like this. It's great. So take us thank and you. walk us through that. It comes to your door. You look at it. Okay, it could have some benefit. But you're doing all this work for free. 
take us through how long does it last and walk us through the first day and, and everything else that happens into this. You know, your typical typical case like this, a murder case, I, I tell clients 18, 24 months, 30 months, you know, um, it just takes that long to get through these cases, to get all the evidence in place and to get a trial date that's viable, right? A date where we're actually number one on the docket, we're gonna pick a jury, we're gonna go to trial. Um, that takes a long time. And I'm not talking about COVID time. COVID's just thrown a massive wrench in the gears in every case I have. But um, for this particular case, that, that's what it felt like. We got involved in it. And of course, what I had to do immediately was, can I confirm by some kind of evidence this assertion of, the, of, of abuse, right? I mean, that was the crux of it, right? So, so what we had had was this idea that the, the father was abusing the child, Okay. You know, it's funny. It's funny. And I say this as an aside. When you hear that somebody's being abused, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a dumbass, right? So I don't I don't understand what that means. Right? I haven't been abused. So I don't get it. I just I don't I just don't get it. So I thought, well, what that means he's been beaten every single day, like all day long. Or does that mean he's being beaten every other day? Like, what does that look like? I don't even know what that means. Sure. Well, it turns out that abuse and control and that kind of stuff, it doesn't have to happen every day or every week or shit. It, it, it can happen once a month. It's the use and threat of physical violence to, to exercise this insane level of control over the person. That's the insidiousness of it, right? That's the stuff, man. That's the fucking monster thing of it, you know, sure. is that you can take you can take just a little bit of abuse, just enough, just enough of a threat of physical violence to have this massive amount of control over someone. And then that's what we had in this case, man. And, and so when I started looking, I couldn't find it. I couldn't find it. I couldn't find it. Right. There was no phone call to the to the police department. There was no complaint uh, from the neighbor with the noise next door. There was no there was no school record of bruises because the man kept him out of school. There were no friends that decided, oh, yeah, we saw it because the man kept him from having a social life. So there was nothing. He had secret this kid away to 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 a point where he he kept control of all of this kid's like interaction with the world, because if you're going to abuse someone, if you're going to control their lives, if you're going to like, like have this oppressive control over them, then what you do is you keep them from the world because the world, if the world finds out, then your ass is busted. Yeah. And so he kept the kid from everybody, man. He, he, the kid had never been in school in his life. Never. never? Wow. Never. What he had, so, so he lived wow. in Texas with his mom until the age seven. And then at seven years old, and you guys know this. You, you guys are all attorneys. So y'all, oh, y'all fucking dig this. It's so we so there's the kidnapping, right? We we think kidnapping a same one of those same misunderstood things. Like, oh, it's a kidnapping. He like scooped him up in the middle of the night, threw him in the back of the car, fucking took off running. Well, he didn't kidnap him like that. What he kidnapped him with is the the, the criminal, the family justice, family court system. So this mom got a, a court order in Texas, having her custody, and the dad goes to Louisiana to Baton Rouge court and files for custody and gets a Baton Rouge judge to order custody and order the police go and get the kid in Texas because the dad didn't wow. tell the Baton Rouge family court about the Texas judgment. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Now, 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 once they find that out, can't they turn that over? Because if it was happening well, no, before, they never found out because she doesn't have any money. She's poor. <sighs> She's poor and she doesn't have any sophistication or education. So she doesn't know. All I got to do is take this dog on judgment from Texas and go bring it to Baton Rouge <laughs> and say, judge, we a previous judgment in Texas. This is nonsense. Wow. But right. she doesn't even know enough to do that. So she comes to Baton Rouge one time. She gathers enough money and enough enough resources to get her butt to Baton Rouge. She comes one time. She appears in court. 
the judge tears her ass up for like not getting uh, notes for two times before and resets the court date. She doesn't know to tell him anything. She doesn't get it. What's going on. Wow. He, she then goes back to Texas. The guy makes up all kind of shit about how she's stalking his mom's house. And he's, he's making, he's making uh, a police report record against her completely untrue, but he's sophisticated. He's a civil engineer. Wow. And a successful one. So he's sophisticated enough to know if I make this criminal record against her, I can beat her, man. So the, so the next court date's set. She doesn't have the resources to come. The judge in Baton Rouge says, well, she's not here. Louisiana is the home state of jurisdiction. And this is continued without date. And it's over. Uh, now, is she, is, 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 the, is the mom, did she testify in, in court? Because I'm assuming she got beat too at one point and maybe why she left or... Well, he was arrested actually for felony uh, battery in Texas and convicted of felony battery in Texas. Also, something he did not disclose to the, to the court in Baton Rouge, and something that she didn't disclose because she didn't know, you know, know how to do so, right? Um, and so he's got a history. He's got a history of, in fact, physical abuse with every woman he was married to, um, including the one that the current one, the one that was married to him when when this happened, who had had a protective order against him uh, earlier that year. This happened in June. This was early in the year. She had a credit card against her because he knocked her teeth out, punching her in the face. Wow. So this, this dude's just straight, like, abuse, like, like serious, like real stuff. You know, it's Were not, you able to use stuff nonsense. like that to help support your case, Jared? Or what exactly did you use for the jury to sit there and go, okay, this kid's not going to go in and do any time. He gets five years probation. So it's interesting. We didn't go to a jury, but that's a good part of this story. So we, we get – so – we get involved, right? And I start trying to collect this information and I'm talking to the district attorney about it and I'm telling them, don't go charge it. Don't like, cause you know, I mean, we all know, maybe your listeners don't police officers arrest you for a charge. And then that information goes to the DA and the DA then makes a charging decision, right? So the DA can charge you in one of two ways in Louisiana, either indict you with a grand jury, give the matter to a grand jury, grand jury returns an indictment of some kind, or they can sign what's called a bill of information, which means the DA just decides to charge you with some shit. And, that, and that's the charging document. That's actually the charge you face in court, right? It's not the one, not necessarily the one the police officers rep, uh, re, uh, arrested you for. Could be something different. Or it could be the same thing. Shit, it could be something worse, right? So we go to the DA and we say, look, don't charge the kid. We're collecting information about the abuse. Let us gather this evidence together. We just got this case. It's brand new. We've only been involved for about two weeks. Uh, maybe three weeks at that point. And I told the DA, the assistant district attorney, like the, the line district attorneys, I was like, look, don't do anything here. Let us let us figure this out. We'll waive speedy trial rights. Okay, so McLean has a right to be brought to a grand jury or charged in a particular amount of time. We'll waive those rights. Chill out. Don't do anything. And these two young ass, dumb ass line prosecutors brought it to grand jury later that afternoon and billed him for second degree murder. Wow. They came back with a true over second degree murder. <laughs> And I lost my shit, man, because we have I have email communication back and forth with and their boss, friend of mine, like legitimately a friend of mine. So I call him up and I say, look, man, I'm Hiller. I'm I'm getting ready to run your ass up the flagpole on the news, man. I'm calling all my friends, all my buddies on the news. And we're going to you know, look, I'm going to throw you all under the bus, man. And I know you're going to back your people, but this is nonsense. This this kid never should never been brought to the grand jury. And so we do, man. We run them up the fucking flagpole. So now I know we're behind the eight ball, right? We got a lot of we a lot of work to do at this point. He's billed with second. He's billed by indictment with second degree murder, oh, which is the intentional killing of a human being in Louisiana with right. an automatic life sentence. Hmm. No flexibility. No flexibility in sentencing. Automatic life. Jeez. And so, and and even though he was a juvenile for criminal purposes, it would not have been life under the new rules. 
um, he would have spent the next, you know, 30, 35 years in jail. How, how old is he? So he was 17 at the seven, time when he shot 17 at the time, 17 at the time. So you get this indictment so, and now you're like, okay, what do we do? So fine. Now I'm like, nah, now we're really, you know, now we're really, man, we're way deep in the hole. We're going to have to dig our way out of this shit. So, so we start to gather the information. I, I tell the turdy, the dumbass district attorney, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta really, you gotta start investigating this, man. Put your investigators on it. Like, do something. Don't, you know, you, you made a mistake. The first assistant district attorney has been practicing for 35 years, steps in, takes over the case, which is a super good sign for me because I know she's gonna take it serious. <clears throat> and then we decide that we are going to engage a forensic psychologist. I want to, because we're not gonna be able to find any real evidence. So it, there's his words saying that he was abused. The stepmom is saying it, and he had a stepbrother that lived with him until about a year and a half before. He's going to confirm. So everyone in the house is going to confirm, but no one out of the house has any confirmation that he was being abused at all. No one. No family members of the dad, no friends, no neighbors, no, there's no worker, there's no nothing else, right? There's no one else to, to, to comply. So we have to, I have to create this evidence of the of the abuse by hiring a forensic psychologist and getting a real, you know, a full evaluation done. And we hired a a lady that practices in, in Louisiana and Colorado. She came in and interviewed everyone, went to records and, and 16 hours with my client. Mm, wow. And produced a 135 page expert report. And um, that's a pretty penny out of your report. pocket. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't it wasn't free. Yeah, <laughs> she didn't work pro bono. <laughs> hey, hey, no, so she, you know she, that's look, a, no, she was great. She cut her fee in half, but she she was uh it was we still had to pay for it. You know, that's something to to address. You know, you the pro bono fee, the no fee for the attorney. Who's paying these costs? I did. I paid. That, I mean, that's even extra. That's that's beautiful, man. You know, so continue. Hats off to you again. Point yeah. that out. You know. So we so we get her to give this report. I, I turned it over to the DA. It looks like we are, you know, we are we are three weeks from the next court date. I really am trying to wrap this case up. The first assistant comes back to me and she says manslaughter. She's at manslaughter still. Manslaughter is the intentional killing in Louisiana's intentional killing of a human being without the opportunity for cool reflection. Done in the heat of the moment or passion without the opportunity for cool reflection. And so it's it's like the heat of passion killing, right? It's that thing where you, you know, you, you, the classic is you walk in, somebody's, you know, cheating on your wife and you shoot the dude and you don't, you know, it's like, well, okay, maybe we're kind of justified. So we're not going to give you second degree murder, but it's manslaughter. But manslaughter is zero to 40 years in Louisiana, only probatable in some, in some instances, most people get at least 15 or 20 years of manslaughter cases. So my client's still looking at a ton of time in jail, half his life, right? He's 19, so, you know, 20 years. And so she won't come off of manslaughter for shit. I, she gives the report to the elected district attorney, the guy that I know well. And we have a meeting the day before, no, three days or four days before court. Yeah, three days before court. So the meeting gets passed. We don't meet. I go to court. She, she tells the judge, we're going right now to meet. Surprise to me. I go into the room with her and the district attorney. We talk for a few minutes. I talk about the report. They have some concerns. Like, are there any, is there any victim impact? We're going to have to have a victim impact statement. And I say, and the district attorney agrees with me, the, the line district attorney, the, the first assistant. No one, no one is going to take the stand on his path. His brother, not his best friend. Nobody, nobody want, nobody wants Anthony to go to jail. Nobody thinks that everybody sort of thinks that this was justified. Which is weird because none of them, they all say they never saw any abuse, but everybody's like, we didn't see any abuse, but, you know, yeah, we get it. 
<laughs> wow. Like, who says but that? It, Can you elaborate right? on Right, but isn't it strange because put yourself in this situation, though. I told her and him both this. I said, look, what if you're this guy's best friend and you see the abuse? You've seen it. And it ends up like this. Are you going to admit that you saw it afterwards? Hell no. True. Are you going to be like, yeah, I saw the abuse for years. I just sat around. Just didn't do <laughs> like, nothing. Yeah, yeah. You're like, nobody wants to admit that shit. Wow. Right? So right. I told them, I said, you know, you should, you should measure their statements about not seeing abuse on the nature of, you know, how, how badly they want Anthony to be put in jail. Cause if they knew there was no abuse, if they like believe there was no abuse, well, they'd want his ass in jail for murdering. Sure. Him. I mean, obviously, right. That's yeah. human nature. Right. So we're in the middle of this conversation. She says something about manslaughter and they're like the DA says, no, no, look, I think we're thinking about negligent homicide. I was oh. blown away. Man. Yeah. Literally I almost started crying in his office. Like, like instantly. I just was, was blown away. Wow. And I, and I and I, I gathered myself up enough to say, you know, I just hear that you're going to give this, you agree to give this kid uh, negligent homicide, which doesn't fit. And he said it. Well, I know it doesn't fit, but I think the judge will not object to us taking because I think in this case it's the right outcome, given the reviews, given your expert report, given what we've read. You know, um, I think this is the right outcome. And so that's a probatable, not a crime of violence. It's expungible from his record and probable. Whoa. Wow. And so he just had five years probation and that's it. So, yeah. So we waited 30 days. They wanted another report. They had a local psychologist that talked to the kid. Uh, when we got him out on bond. We had gotten him out on bond. Um, they wanted to get him a statement from him that he didn't. Think Who he paid the bond? Society. I got to keep What's asking. That? You got him out on bond. Who paid the bond? So we got him. Uh, we, we actually got him released uh, without paying the bond. Oh, we nice. Okay. Yeah, onto an ankle monitor. The judge, you know, again, we told the judge I took it pro bono, and the, and the judge and I know each other. Oh, so good. Was, you know, good. I thought cool. you were going to say it was sponsored by someone when you leaned in like that. Like, <laughs> actually, <laughs> sponsored it's by. The <laughs> Cajun Kitchen over here on 17th Hilarious. Street. <laughs> so so how, how's he doing now? I mean, you know, right now, I mean, is there is there, you know, is he working? He's working full time. We're, we're, we're working together. You know, I told I, I told the judge that I would not abandon it. I said, I'm not going to just walk away from this kid. It's not some regular client for me. Um, we are, we are, I'm going to stay with him. I'm going to talk to him. I'm going to spend time with him. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to mentor him. And so I talked to him uh, once every week or so. Um, we're working on getting him a place to live right now, uh, making sure he's staying compliant with his, his probation. And he is, uh, he was a model citizen when he was out uh, during COVID-19, actually during the COVID-19 shutdown, he stayed like a model citizen. Um, you know, just did everything he was supposed to do. And he's doing it now. He's working full time and just trying to build his life. Right. We're trying to get him uh, the junior league of some, I don't know, some organization in Baton Rouge is uh, they're doing stuff with educating him, trying to get him some education, get him, you know, high, high school equivalency diploma, just trying to get him, you know, set up where he can have some kind of life, man, that that's, you know, that's meaningful uh, and because he's been given this opportunity to maybe the first opportunity he's ever had to have a life. We want it to be, you know, not, not, um, you know, want to be as full as it can be. Now, did, did his, his mom or his, uh, stepmom take him in? So he lives with the stepmom still today and the stepbrother who moved back in with her. There's some friction there. That's not easy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, there's a lot, there's been a lot of trauma, uh, in, in this group of people. Um, and so he's, you know, he's, he's working on getting out. We're working on getting him out of that, but, but it's tough. You know I mean? He's a young man who's never, who has hardly no education. And so it's very difficult for him to have a job. Um, he's working at a gas station right now and that's not great money to be able to support yourself, but we're, we're trying to collect him some money up from other sources and maybe get him some opportunity to, have well, you gave to this great. kid, his life, you, you gave this kid his life. It's so, so incredible. 
I just uh, I take my hat off to you, you know, too, man. You know, mm-hmm. like I, I, I go ahead, Mark. No, I, 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 it's a little get a little choked up. You know, you hear you hear everything that happened with this kid and the abuse and, and, you know, I can resonate with what you said. What's abuse. You know, me and my brother, we had fantastic parents. We were fortunate. We didn't, we didn't see any of that. We didn't have any of that, but as attorneys and as a criminal defense attorney, I've certainly seen my share of sad stories like that. And I know how it feels when uh, you help somebody who gets caught in the middle and they really didn't do anything, but they're looking at some big charges like that and being able to save his life. Man. Well, let me play devil's advocate right here a little bit, Jared. And as say, you do so you know, well, as, as Joe. I do. Thank you so much. And say, you know what? So abuse equals death. You know, I mean, are you getting some heat for getting this kid off for killing a man? I mean, let's pl- call it what it is. The man killed somebody, period. So if I'm getting punched, hit, made fun of, I can go kill someone now. You're going to get me out of that. I'm, of well, course, be- playing devil's advocate. And I don't feel that <laughs> wait, way. Wait, wait, wait. He didn't even hit him that night. That didn't hit him at all that night. Didn't even touch him. Right. It's right. The, it's the you're like, you're making it even better for me. Exactly. Abuse. How, how do I mean, people, did, did people abuse, come at you? Joe, it's, not, it's not just someone picking on them and stuff. It's a systematic. Okay. I could turn syndrome. that and I'm say, sure let's use racist. As a Mexican guy, I'm tired of white people pages. picking on me. I'm tired of white people doing this to me. Everywhere I go, white people turn away from me. Mark's holding his wallet on the other yeah, side. It's a false analogy, Joe. I'm, I'm asking. I don't know. It might be. But if you say it's systematic, that's a systematic treatment towards me. If this is a systematic treatment towards him, Meaning Maybe your client. I used the wrong word then. I'm not the. I'm not the well, I'm just the, saying the you're an attorney and I'm you said systematic. I turned it on you. I think. I think though, Joe, you have to remember is that you've got a kid that has, has probably you know, I, and I, we all don't know him, but I'm just playing devil's advocate. Well, he was locked away kid, for his whole you've life. Got a kid that has no education. Hold on. That has been locked, you know, away from people, beaten. Well, he has an education. He just doesn't have an at-school education. There's a difference. No, well, he didn't have. He's a home never studies. been to school. That's what I heard. But I listening to the council, Jared, is that correct? He has education. He was just never educated at school. Uh, he he was not homeschooled either, so he's oh, not shit. really been formally <laughs> educated at all. So where did you hear I, that, Joe? I, I, you know, I assume oh, it's those voices you know, you're yeah, hearing yeah, again. Yeah, you know, What'd you say, Mom? Is my mom alive again? <laughs> Sorry, you guys, you're right. I'm an idiot, but I, I assume no, that no, no, by the I way said it he that said, way. No, you heard it right. I said it that way. You did say it that way. Thank you. He did say <laughs> yeah, it that way that yeah. he did he, not. He, no, he said he was educated, meaning because he has conversations exactly, with them, but, but he didn't go to school. That's how I took it as he not professionally educated. And I agree with that. And don't get me wrong, but either way, it doesn't matter. Let's just look at the facts, and I'm just wondering, from the facts alone, Jared, are you getting heat from anybody saying? Here's the and your answer. The answer to the question about getting heated, yes. But here's the crux See? of it, man. The very person who was supposed to protect him, and and help him, and give him life, and encourage him, and love him, abused him all the time. The very person he was supposed to look to yeah. for for safety. And to feel like he was a part of something, to feel like he was whole, man, ripped it right out of him every single day. And of that life. equals you can kill him, then. Yeah. So you, uh, so, so just yeah. to yes. yeah, does. to wind yes. things up. Apparently before we go to so. The break. No, but 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 I mean, what what sounds awesome is you basically got to argue your case, but didn't it, it, thank God because we never want to go before a jury because God knows what a jury will do at the end of the day. But it sounds like you got to passionately plead your case. You know, without having to take it that far and got that result that because God knows what could have happened at a jury trial. So here's the cool news. We try to do a jury. I'll tell you that's the fact. There it is, guys. It's Cannabis Talk 101. We'll be right back and we'll hear from the jury.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. If you're looking to upgrade your wallet, you need to turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. If you're paying for vacations with whatever card is in your wallet, you could be missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table. You can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Take a hit, get lit, and sit back and enjoy Cannabis Talk 101. Mark and Craig, the Pop Brothers at Law, Blue, and Big Joe Grande. We want to take a minute to thank all the great help we have. Erica, Priscilla, Abel, Brandon, Pit Peanut, Jennifer, and of course, Elvis out in Vegas. Thank you guys for helping us put this show together. And before we get to my favorite part of the show, the high five, we're going to come back to Jarrett, Ambo, and... You just said before the break, this actually went to a jury. Oh, so, so the, there's a sort of <laughs> there's a there's a there's a surprise in this story, right? And the surprise is about a month after I took this case, I was contacted by a production company who was interested in filming this matter for a documentary. Now, I can't disclose where that documentary is being filmed or who the production company is, but it followed us around for 18 months and filmed the entire thing. Part of what we did. Um, in our preparation for the case was we hired a company to do a mock trial, uh, a company that has a research PhD uh, psychologist at its head. And she uh, qualified a six-person jury, and we tried this case to her. Um, my best friend played the prosecutor. We presented witness by witness with PowerPoints. You know, if I, and we would get up and say, if I was, you know, he would say, well, if I was examining this witness, he would, or she would say, boom, 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 boom. And I'd get up and say, I would cross-examine them by saying, bam, 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 the whole nine, right? And we did openings. We did that for each witness. 
then the expert we had we had recorded her doing like a five minute sort of synopsis of her report and then we did closing arguments and we gave it to the jury and we we filmed the jury deliberating wow this wow. case and they went into the jury room for manslaughter two not guilty wow for manslaughter two not guilty so what did that mean well, and, that would have meant it was a hung jury right no well what? no they four. no i mean they never go in right i'll tell you right now juries never go in unanimous they go in all over the place and then they, they start to talk and they do this deliberation like right, right. jury deliberation go back and forth and they oh no this this is the case no did you hear this no this thing you know like it's really incredible to, to, to watch them do it um, i've not had a chance to watch a jury deliberate one of my cases before because it's a secret thing right? right you don't get to watch the jury deliberate and so i got to watch the jury deliberate and use my terms use my metaphors use my my words, man, used the stuff that we, the way that we told the story to them, they used it, you know? We talked about the guy that he had imprisoned him, and it was like a prison this house was, man. And the kid had, had PTSD. I mean, the, the expert told us he had PTSD. You know, that's why he was, she felt like it was justified, reasonable under the circumstances to use deadly force under the, under the circumstances. We talked about all that. And they went in that room, and they started they started deliberating, going back and forth. And the, and the two not guilties used my language, man. They used the stuff we talked about. And they we just pounded away, pounded away, pounded away. And they took another vote, and it was three, three. And they took another vote, and it was two, four, four not guilty, two manslaughter. And went to lunch, came back three and a half hours later, and they took a vote, man. It's not guilty, not guilty, not guilty, not guilty, not guilty, not. No guilty. way! Wow. No shit, no shit. Awesome. unanimous, not guilty. And you talk about a loser, man. I fucking lost it. They were they were filming us in the room because we were watching on closed circuit, you know, and they were in the, they were in another part of the building. And we were watching them, man. And they came back not guilty, cool. man. Every client I've acquitted, every every human being that I've, I've sat next to me and walked out of a courtroom, and it happens every time. They just all come rushing back, man, about these lives, these people, these human beings, man, and and their and justice, you know. Was that walked, before or after you pled this one out? That was before we pled. Nice. That oh, that's a good that's feeling. Even better. Wow. Even well, better. for those who are interested, once again, we're talking to the attorney, uh, attorney Jarrett Ambo, and his client was Anthony Templitz. And uh, this is crazy. In 2019, he uh, pled no contest to negligent homicide to the death of his father, Bert Templitz. So, well, we're going to keep our eyes open for that, man. Thank you for your story. He pled a Thank month you. ago. He pled a month ago. It could occurred in 2019. That's, he pled. Oh, uh, right. Yeah. So it's all, it's all still fresh and new. And if a production company followed you, we're going to keep our eyes open for it. And God willing, we'll this see it fall, sometime this soon. This fall, gentlemen. This, this fall? fall? Okay. This fall. I, I, I'm not trying to pry. So I'll let you just. <laughs> I was told strictly don't pry. And I'm not prying. I know. And I just can't. We've not been given a permission to, to say the company yet. But it's uh, the documentary should be out this fall. That's so cool. um, and this fall, now that we know it's this fall, I mean, is there a name that we can leak as well, or just this fall look for something With that your, might have Anthony Templin title? So I don't know. It's a working title. There Bottom line, it's a homicide case uh, in 2019 with a 17 year old boy who kills his father. So yeah, uh, I think yeah. We'll, I think they'll be able it's to pick be that easy. up. We'll, we'll, There's we'll not going to be fucking four of those ones. I don't think so. Out of my Disney, out of Louisiana, baby. Yeah, I doubt there'll be a few of those. Well. Thanks for the story, man. That is so incredible. Now it's our favorite time to do the high five with all of our guests that come on. And Jared Ambo is a criminal defense attorney and DNA expert. Question number one, how old were you the first time you smoked cannabis and where'd you get it from? 11. I took it from under the bed, under my mother's bed. <laughs> nice. Mom smoked weed, yeah. huh? In the nice. Tupperware. In the Tupperware. 
when I grew up, when they used to seed the my dad, man, with the seed seeding. Yep, to get the seeds out. Yeah. I mean, I'm a child. Of, I was born in '69, man. I'm a child of the '70s. There you go. Yeah, my dad Just had the like Tupperware too. <laughs> Question number two: What's your favorite way to smoke or use cannabis? I don't. I haven't. Uh, I haven't done it since 1987. Ooh, there wow. you go. Right. Oh wait, no, no, no. I did. No, I'm sorry. Sorry. I, I ate some gummies in Colorado like six years ago. With my wife. <laughs> but First I forgot. Time I've been high. <laughs> but you forgot. <laughs> because I got high. Forever. Because I got high. He remembered still. It's there. <laughs> it was a. Uh, well, look. I, I have. I'm. I'm like super susceptible to to drugs. Uh, I get. I have. I trip. I have like. Um. Like an acid experience when I get high. Like every. Like. How do I do that? Because I, look, I haven't, I haven't done it. I've done it once since I was 16. So maybe that's just normal. I don't know. Maybe everybody feels that way, but I feel like I'm tripping, man. Like I'm seeing shit. So. Everybody different for everything. Question number three of the high five craziest place you've ever used or smoked cannabis. <laughs> Garden of the gods in Colorado. That's where we were when I did, when I was uh, eating gummies. Nice. What, what how, cool. how was it? Cool. What happened? Tell us the story. It's a trip, man. My wife just, first of all, did what everybody told me not to do, which is I ate one. I was like, that ain't shit. So I ate another. <laughs> <laughs> everybody told me not to do that shit. I did it. Let anyway. it kick in. I got, ah, man. Oh, my God. <laughs> That'll do it every time. Oh, my God. Craig I loves that. shit and looking in the mirror and stuff. I couldn't figure out if I was in the mirror and I was messed up. Man. It, was so, it was hilarious, man. I ate all this shit in the refrigerator. I did all the shit that I did when I was 16. I was like a goofy little kid. It's kind of fun, honestly, but I, I just, it doesn't fit with me. I can't function like that. <laughs> right? That's hey. the beauty of cannabis, you know? It's not for everybody. Okay. All right, question number four of the Cannabis Talk 101 High Five with Jared Ambo, criminal defense attorney, DNA expert out of Louisiana. What is then your go-to munchies after you get high? <laughs> Funny, man. I, You know, I, I, uh, I'm not a, I'm, I'm freaking healthy as shit, man. So I it like, like it. cookies, man. Cookies. <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> but what kind of cookies? Chocolate chip, vanilla wafers. We're gonna get to. Oh no, no, I'm a, I'm a oatmeal raisin kind of guy. Oh, healthy. <laughs> oatmeal raisin with little nuts in them, right? Get the little protein snack in there. Question number five of the high five, Jared Ambo. If you could smoke cannabis with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be and why? Oh man, that's a great question. Uh, hmm, Emmanuel Kant. Who's that? Emmanuel Kant, you said? Kant, K-A-N-T. He wrote what I think is the definitive book on ethics and uh, morality. Uh, And and, uh, he's an incredible human being, brilliant. Uh, His book is 63 pages long. It's the most incredible book I've ever ever read in my life. I'd love to get high with you and talk about ethics and morals. What's the name of the book? It's called The Work of the Metaphysics of Morals, Emmanuel Kant. And he, he essentially awoke, as he called it, his dog slumber. He was, uh, he is the father of modern ethics, essentially. All right. That's awesome. Well, thank you, brother. And we appreciate you coming on with us. Those answers are fantastic. Is there anything else that you'd like to tell the, the fans out there that are listening about your scenario that happened that we missed? Did we miss anything? I don't think so, man. You know, look, it's a, it's a, um, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to be the star of the story, man. The truth of it is, is that there were a lot of people that did the right thing here, including the elected DA. But most of all, man, there's a, there's a young man, a human being, uh, a little soul who um, was shit on by his dad all of his life, and and he managed to find his way back to life. Man. And uh, and for me to have been a little part of that has has been. Uh, like a few other of my cases, the honor of my life. 
to be able to, to, to serve in that way. It is my purpose in life to be of service and to be able to serve that young man in that way. I just can't think of anything better to have done with my life. Well, Jared, we want to thank you for joining the show. It's Cannabis Talk 101. Remember this, if no one else loves you, we do. Thank you for listening to Cannabis Talk 101 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.